Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I got my tea. <laughs> and no one's going to steal it today. Fletcher's the second son to me because um, he used to sleep over at our place. Izzy knows his story and I'd go in and he'd be on the floor next to Callum's bed and Callum was in the small room. You can take your seats, guys. And... Um, and I remember I'd go in there and I'd, and you know, praying for another boy in your house. It's like, oh, I'm praying for him. And I finished praying for him and then I'd give him a kiss goodnight because that's what I did with Callum. And um, something really unusual. You don't mind me sharing this, do you? You've got no idea what I'm going to share. <laughs> but as fathers, because we're talking about identity at the moment and how identity is being stolen from us the enemy wants us not to know our identity he wants to he wants to make us think that we're something that we're not and we're not what we are and he doesn't want us to know who we are in God and um, growing up in my family we're a loving family but um, we weren't very demonstrative in in hugs and kisses and stuff mum did oh my word that woman just uh. but um, the man I remember shaking hands with my grandfather and my dad shaking hands with him and he'd give me a cuddle when I was young but not much when I was older and at one point I started realizing because I'd tell people I'm not a cuddly person I'm not a hugger and then the Holy Spirit said really you're not a hugger so no one needs a hug and I'm like well I don't need a hug I'm fine but it's like so no one else needs a hug and I'm like okay okay so I went to my brother, who he's not here today, so he's on holidays at Mansfield going up to the snow, probably not today. You don't go up to snow on, the, on a weekend. It's crazy. But um, I started hugging and kissing him. And he's like, what the, what is going on? <laughs> and I said, and I told him, I said, I, I just, I feel like I, I need to change the culture of my life to be a hugger and kisser. And, and, and he goes, and I talked to him about it and told him, what God had showed me, and, and he goes, yeah. So I said, let's get dad. So we started hugging and kissing dad. And dad's going, what has happened to these boys? And, and he was a bit worried about us at one point. Um, but I actually showed Adrian in scripture where, where David and Jonathan would kiss. And it, and it was a they they loved each other like like themselves. They were they were they were men, and that they were strong, powerful men. And they hugged and kissed each other. And so when Callum was born, oh, and Dad, I remember he spoke on it when I was away one weekend. He spoke on how his sons changed his life from hugging and kissing, and that really moved me. And so when Callum was born. I immediately started kissing him on the lips and when he was old enough to understand what I was doing, because a, a baby just takes it, but when he was old enough to understand, I explained to him how powerful it was for me to kiss him on the lips and how it was breaking things in my life and also over his life by kissing him on the lips. And I said, no, I'm going to keep kissing you on the lips until you say, that's enough, Dad. And I still remember as a teenager... I would drop him off at school, his friends would be walking out to meet him and he'd lean across and kiss me on the lips in front of his friends. And I'm going, you are a gutsier boy than I ever was. My goodness. So 
I'd hug and kiss Fletch. And um, I remember one night, not on the lips, no, no, I didn't. I did with Callum, kissed Fletch on the forehead. And, one, and I used to say, good night, sons. And then one night, Fletch just said, good night, dad. And it was like, you know, Phil, I know what it's like. You know, like, <laughs> to hear that boy Second say, dad, is just beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Congratulations to you guys. Congratulations, Graylings. Oh... Uh, so, I didn't realise, but I came dressed for battle today. Someone said, you look like a soldier. So, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to disrobe a little bit. But what we're going to talk about is, is something that is right on the battlefield. It's, it's a battle line that has been drawn at the moment in our, in our realm, in our Western culture. And it's the identity of males and females. And so, we want to talk about what the Bible talks about and what God says about males and females but what Frank just was finishing just to finish up in Galatians I think it's six where it says you know God cannot be mocked in this whatever a man sows he's also going to reap and then it says and if we continue to if we sow by the um, flesh we'll reap by the flesh and who knows the flesh lets you down like I continually am reminded of how the flesh lets me down but also how um if we sow by the Spirit, we'll also harvest by the Spirit. And if we continue to sow well, then we will, at the appointed time, reap a harvest of righteousness. We will reap and not. So Galatians 6 is really good. Chris, do you want to just quickly share? So we had a men's breakfast a couple of weeks ago, and um, we talked about some real men stuff. And it was, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome morning. Um, some things really broke off in my life that Sunday morning, uh, Saturday morning after that. Um, it was an amazing morning. I, yeah, for those of you that were there, yeah, you'd know it was such a good morning. Um, I just want to share a scripture on this. Uh, looking at Psalm 84, uh, verses 10 onwards. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God and dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And um, oh, it's just an amazing morning. There's so much I could, I could say on, on, on things that changed after my life. But one thing, it's a really odd, weird thing, but I, I just want to share it with everyone, just a little testimony. I had something I've never been aware of, uh, like my whole life. It's a weird thing to share, but um, I realised I went home after that morning, and I realised I'm a bit of a hoarder. And I always thought, you know, you see the TV show Hoarders, and it's it's you know people whose houses are just packed full of stuff. You know, you're trying to walk through, and there's you know newspaper articles and things stacked everywhere. But um, after that morning. People, actually, I want to, I've just had something else come to mind. I want to share another scripture. But after that morning, I went home and it was like God opened my eyes to some things in my life that weren't right that I need to change. Um, it was very powerful. Uh, James, uh, James 5, uh, verse 13 says, is, anyone, is any one of you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him, 
and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power to prevail. And that morning, we on Saturday morning here at church, we, what do we do? We confessed our sins to one another. Uh, Pastor Steve, Jamie, a few other great men of God here shared some things in their life that they've had to overcome over the years with such humbleness and humility. And it was amazing, like the, what was happening here that Saturday morning. You could really feel that the power of God was here coming into people's lives and changing their hearts. And um, so, yeah, I, I went home and just started seeing things in my life. And one of, the, one of them I realized, you know, I've, I rented a house a few years ago off my parents and I still have almost half a house's worth of stuff. And I've, it's, you know, some of it's in the garage, half of it's in my room. And I realized, man, I've had this stuff here for like 12 months or more. I, I, I had it the last house I lived with, with uh, Crispy. And I'm like, man, I need to, you know, finally, I didn't, I just was, I'd become so, I don't know, so used to it used to it and living this way and I realized I need to change these things need to change my life so I just wanted to share this with you you know if if you're suffering in anything confess your sins find someone that you trust another friend tell them you know oh man I've been struggling with this thing whatever it is and for me it's so weird standing here I feel so weird saying like I'm I'm a hoarder and I'm I'm not you know I'm not owning that but it's I I I never never in all my life, yeah, thank you. Never in all my life would I have thought that, like, all the issues, you know, I thought a hoarder was someone who, you know, like on those TV shows, but I realised there's things in my life. I've been keeping these books, and I've, when I finished Year 12, I was showing them to Luca the other night. I finished Year 12 10 years ago, and I've still got my books from Year 12. What am I doing? Like, I'm like, what the heck? And it was quite funny, actually, because I was able to show Lucas some of my essays and that. But, <laughs> but, um, but God's just been doing a work in my life in so many different areas. After this Saturday morning where we got together as men and we, we confessed our sins to one another, it was so powerful. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all. Well said. Hey, um... I just want to say, you know, we've we've announced a few engagements lately, haven't we? Ooh. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Do you think God's doing something at the moment? Yeah. So, I want to encourage those of you that are single that are praying for a spouse that God is God is doing stuff in that area at the moment and you can expect that he's also doing something in your life. So, don't be discouraged when you hear someone else's good news because just start declaring and prophesying, God, if you can do it for them, you, you can do it for me. And get excited about the goodness that God's bringing your way because he's, he's doing some godly connect, connections at the moment. He's, he's connecting people together for, for godly partnerships. So you, you can expect that if you're single. You can start thanking God for it now before you even Year see Year of the it. Lord's favour. Yeah. Year of the Lord's favour. Yeah, bring it on. Hey, there's just one more thing I want to do before we, before we start. I thought we already had. We, oh, we have started. <laughs> um, everyone that, that serves in Chosen on Friday nights, 
our chosen leadership team. Can you guys stand up? And, and can you guys come and stand up the front? Yeah, give them another hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, face, face these guys. These, uh, these are an amazing. I admire on. these guys so much, and, and there's I am some more that so aren't proud here. of them. There's a couple that are missing because they're, they're unwell, and, and some are serving up at Rec, and they serve in Chosen. Um, but these these young men and women all sacrifice every Friday night so that they can minister to the youth in our church. They all have jobs. They could all, or they go to school. They, they could just want to go home on a Friday night and sit on the couch and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do whatever everybody else does on a Friday night. But they have made a commitment before God to come here on a Friday night to serve our young people. And I admire that so much and I, I want to thank them. I want to cheer them on. And can I ask you to pray for them, to support them yeah. as well? Woo! Yeah. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, God. And we're talking about fighting battles at the moment. And more than ever, our teenagers need peers that are going to fight battles with them, that are going to stand alongside them, that are going to prophesy over them, pray with them, talk to them about the things that are relevant to their lives right now. So that's what they're here for on a Friday night, to stand with your teenagers, to speak life to them, to pray for them and to do life with them and to fight battles with them. So parents... Mm. Where are your kids on Friday night? Mm-hmm. Because these guys are here waiting to connect with them and to minister into their lives. It takes lives. a community to so, raise children. Yeah, they need to be here. What community is raising your child? Yeah. Hey, this is battleground, guys. If you think, oh, they can make their own decisions for themselves, you can grab your seats. You can't. Thanks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> If you can, if you think, oh no, only I had religion. This isn't religion. This is relationship with the living God. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think, oh, I'll just leave it up to them to make their own mind up. Do you know that the whole world is thinking like that? That is not how the kingdom of heaven thinks. That is a mindset of the pattern of this world. To to just say, oh, I'll leave it up to them. It's their choice. They can be and do whatever they want. No, no, no. Raise a child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they will never depart from it. These guys here, your, your kids will speak to them about things that they will never talk to you about. These guys here will be able to pray for and speak into the lives of your children. Like, and I'm, I'm saying this on the podcast because I know there's people that should be here this morning for whatever reason they're not, that their kids don't come to, to youth group for whatever reasons or not, you know, they, but they, we need to make a stand on this. We need to encourage one another. And this isn't a condemnation. This is a, we need to get together. Guys, 
young people that are coming to youth group, start spurring your, your brothers and sisters on in Christ to come. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be raised by a community. Otherwise, you're just throwing... If, if you want your kids to go to be thrown to the wolves, please turn your face away and don't look at their faces. If you want your children just to, to be at the beck and call of, of forces, of principalities and powers, don't look at these young people's faces here that want to sow into your children's life. Am I being too firm this morning? Because that's how it is. There's no black and white. We think that when, we're, when a child's born, oh, we've got plenty of time before we have to you know, worry about the, all these decisions. No, no, you've got no breathing space at all. It begins from the moment of conception. Yeah. You've got to be praying for that yeah. child, believing for that. We, I remember each one of our kids when we were praying for their partners while they were still in the womb. This is a battleground, guys. This is how we fight our battles. We don't wait until something, the enemy moves on our ground. We go and take the offensive because the territory is ours. You can go and sit down. Let's, uh, let's applause these guys. They're doing a great job. Can I, can I just add... Please. This is just something that I feel to share. I'm not saying you have to do this. But when our kids got to the age where they started working, we said when you go to the job interview, tell the prospective employer that you can't work on Sunday mornings and you can't work on Friday nights. And our kids were never without work. Never. They always had a job. Great job. And jobs. their employer respected the fact that they served in the house of God on Friday night and Sunday morning. And they never got denied a position because of the stand that they took. So I'm, yes. just, I'm just putting that out there. And that is, thank you, mother of the house, because that is a godly word. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. I wanted to play sport on, and they changed Saturday morning sport to Sunday morning sport. And my dad said, well, sport. <laughs> and he said, the choice is yours, but this is what I suggest. And I went, I agree, Dad. I'm not playing sport anymore on, Saturday, on Sunday morning because being in the house of God is so much more important. Yeah. Last Monday morning after church on Sunday, Monday does follow Sunday, I woke up and, the first, and I woke up about four o'clock in the morning and I had the um, laws of thermodynamics going through my mind, as you do on a Monday morning. And I'm like, well, this has to be the Holy Spirit because I really don't want to, at this time of the morning, be thinking about, you know, the conservation of energy and how that applies to the first law of thermodynamics. Um, but then it made me, I realized, I said, okay, what's this all about, Holy Spirit? See, these are basic laws. I don't want you to switch off. Please don't switch off. You might go, what? Are it's to do with, um, you know, fire. That's thermodynamics right there. You know wood absorbs sunlight for 50 years, 60 years, a tree, photosynthesis, it's absorbing sunlight and that energy that's absorbed from the sun when you burn it gets released as sunlight again in your combustion heater. It is just so profound. So the laws of thermodynamics um, are basic laws that we do all our technology from. Now, they were developed a long time ago when the steam engine, before that, but when the steam engine was coming in, because we didn't know if man could live at the speed that a steam engine could provide. Because up to that point, it was only as fast as a horse could run or when you jumped off a cliff. 
And there was no way you could empirically define what point they died on the way down. Did they die when they reached a certain speed or when they hit the ground? Yes, I'm fine now. I'm at the ground's coming up. Here I go. No, there was. So they had to come up with these laws of, you know, what's going to happen. And you might say, what's that got to do with us? Technology's gone so far. No, a little while ago, Samsung started making phones that were exploding in people's pockets because they were not ad, ad, um, bringing these laws into place. They were trying to cram too much. Then there were those hoverboards that were exploding. Then electric cars were exploding. Why? Because we'd got away from the basic laws that God had put in place, trying to cram so much energy into something. And one, the second law... Yeah, the second law is the, the decay of the universe is striving to a maximum. So when you break something down, it decays. It is a law that we are seeing not just in thermodynamics, but we're seeing it in culture at the moment, that the breakdown of culture, the breakdown of family, the breakdown of identity is just striving for a maximum. And people are not just eating it up with a spoon. They are championing it. They are throwing money at it, and it is ruining lives. And so we want to talk this morning, because <laughs> the laws of thermodynamics came into my head, about um, what the Bible says about male and female. And Ephesians 4 talks about how Christ gave gifts to the church and, and how he gave apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers for the, for the building up. So it, it, in verse 12 it says, and he, he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build the body up of Christ until we all reach oneness. Not equality, oneness. We reach unity. See, equality now has a weird phrase to it, but equality, we've got to bring that word back. Like the, the rainbow, it, it's only got six colours on it, the rainbow that is used for a quality rainbow, but there, there are more colours than six in the rainbow. Um, and we can't be ashamed of having rainbows. They're actually a sign from God that he will never destroy the earth again with a flood because of man's wickedness. Um, and it goes on to say, until we reach, become mature believers, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we'll no longer be children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine. How many doctrines are shifting at the moment? Uh, or by the cunning and trick, trickery of unscrupulous people, by deceitful schemes. It's just happening all over. But speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love. This is what heaven does. It speaks the truth in love. What does the world do? It, tells, it makes you want to believe a lie of lust. The pattern of this world is lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It's all based on lust. Your desire, our desire for something that is is not good for us. So speaking the truth in love, the world just wants us to believe a lie in lust. But the word of God in heaven says, speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, not my truth, not your truth, his truth. There is only one truth that is his truth. Um, let us grow up into all things in, into him, following his example, who is the head, Jesus Christ. 
so the connection between the laws of thermodynamics oh, yeah. and us being subject to the truth is that there are laws in the universe that we're all subject to and we can't escape that. Thank in, you for rounding that off. <laughs> including absolute truth, which comes from God. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's this fascinating documentary that's just come out. It's by doesn't matter. Um, it's called What is a Woman? It's on YouTube at the moment and um, it, it's profound. I don't know how long it's going to stay on there. Uh, on IMDb, you can, it, it's IMDb, if you know that, it, it's getting 8.5 out of 10 from over, nearly 11,000 reviews. People are just saying this is so profound and we, I, I just want to encourage you, it's, it's not a Christian documentary. That's all I need to say, but we need to watch it because it, it, he just asked the question, what is a woman? Because at the moment, people are saying, well, whoever wants to identify as a woman is a woman. And he goes, well, what, okay, what is a woman? Well, it, it, what, whoever wants to identify as a woman, what are they identifying as? It, it's this circular argument. Watch the documentary. He says it a lot better than what I do. But um, it is profound and it just shows you the deception that is on the planet at the moment. People get up, they get arguing with him, they get angry with him. Do you know what I've discovered in life? Lies hate to be questioned. Lies get angry when you question them. Deception just riles up when, it, when you try. But the truth loves to be questioned. The truth wants to tell you what the answer is. <laughs> Watch the documentary. You'll be just like, oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. So, so good. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. And he, and he made man, formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then... He said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he made all the animals and he brought them to, to Adam and Adam named all the animals. And then he said, but then there wasn't a proper helper. Now that word helper isn't a subservient word. It actually means equal but opposite. It, it, in the, um, the Amplified, it, it uses the term... Um, one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. So God made Adam sleep. That word sleep actually means that he pretty well killed him. He, he knocked him out, but he was like, he was, he was dead. Isn't it interesting, men, that we are commanded to love our, li our wives like Christ loved the church and gave his life. He died for her. So Adam died to bring forth Eve. And then he took a rib. Now we go, oh, he took a rib out. No, no, that word can mean half. It can mean it's DNA. It's so much. And then he brings Eve to, to Adam and he goes, Adam goes, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh because he recognized that Eve had come out of him. It's interesting that woman came out of man, but ever since then, man has come out of woman. Ricky Gervais, which I do not recommend you um, ever watching any of his stand-up comedy. But he, I don't know how I know this. But he says, I'm old-fashioned. I, I, I like women. You can call whatever you want a, a woman, but I like my old-fashioned women. The ones with wombs. How true is that? The womb man. Yeah. And we think, yeah, we laugh at that. 
<laughs> well, some of us did. <laughs> Others were like, I don't know if I should stop. That's Ricky Gervais. <laughs> uh, but our, our physiology, the way God created us physically, has a lot to say. It speaks to our roles as, as men and women. Yes. Because men are stronger and faster. So that's, that speaks to the fact that they're, they're protectors, they're, they're fighters, and, and they're called to, pref- to defend and protect. And that's why God made them physically stronger. We are the weaker vessel in the physical sense. Um, and we have wombs because we, we are nurturers and we are protectors and we are, we are the softer side of the relationship. We're the, we're the soft place to land. The women are the ones that, that, that nurture, that, that gather, that, you know, uh, a man will take a family on a journey and fight anyone that stands in the way and the, w- the woman will make sure that everyone's okay along the way. So, so God has made men and women to be this, this powerful partnership when we know who we are and when we know what our, what our roles are. It, it's a powerful partnership. And it's only when, when competitiveness and comparison comes in and, and criticism comes into that relationship that it, that it starts to break down. But when each of us know, we don't, I don't have to compare myself to you because I'm, my role is different to yours. And I'm not, I'm not in any way threatened by your strength because... That's how God made you. And when you win, I win. And together, you know, we're called to, to do amazing things together. And, and when we know what we're called to do, everything else is put to rest and we can just get busy doing what God made us to do. So it, it's such a powerful partnership. And that's, that's why the enemy is so fixated on attacking gender is because he knows how powerful we are when we know who we are. He knows how powerful men and women are together. And he is so threatened by that. He is so petrified of when we really know who we are and when we partner together. And I'm not just talking about husbands and wives. That is a powerful partnership, but it's not the only powerful partnership because as brothers and sisters in yep. Christ, we are called to represent our Heavenly Father together. Yeah. Come on. And when, when you know who you are and when I know who I am, we are a force for the kingdom yeah, of God. Come on. And when we speak the truth about who men and women are, then we are a powerful force of truth on this planet. And one of the things that, that I really noticed in this documentary is that he would stop people in the street and say, what is a woman? And people are too afraid to speak the truth yeah. anymore. People would just stop and freeze because they were afraid to say, I believe this is a woman and this is a man. Because because we are so politically manipulated and so afraid of of man. We are afraid to speak the truth. We are afraid to not be politically correct. We're afraid to not be liked because of the truth that we know is true. So somebody has to stand up and say, this and we can't is be what silent. a woman is and this is what a man is. And we don't need to be offensive. No. We just need to speak the truth but in love. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't mm. envy. It doesn't boast. It does not dishonour others. And it rejoices it in rejoices the truth. It rejoices in truth. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. I remember, I'm going way off here, kindergarten cop. Anybody? Who remembers? Any young people know kindergarten cop? Come on. There's this little kid. <laughs> <an> old movie. <laughs> there's this little kid on the first day that Arnold turns up. His dad's a gynecologist. He, he stands up and he goes, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. And the whole class goes, ah! And he goes, thank you. I, I'm thank you for that. That's very good news to hear. <laughs> but, but every now, child needs to know that. Every child needs to know what their identity. And now they're saying, oh, it doesn't matter what your assigned, what your sex is when you're assigned. You, you can choose whatever gender you want. And it's like, who told you that? Who told you that? This is absolutely and. And the, the statistics are that there are people that are getting um, gender reassignment that are now wanting to get reassigned back because they, they went through a journey and they're like, ah, oh, this isn't what I wanted. But we need to know what a man is and we need to know what a woman is. And sadly, masculinity has been because there is some really bad representation of masculinity because men haven't been fathered well. We are probably in the most fatherless generation since the Second World War, right at the moment. The Second World War, we were fatherless because there were so many young men that were killed. But now we're fatherless because they are absent from the families. They may be there, but they're absent from taking the role. And, and I just want to talk about what a father does. Kyle is going to talk about, well, what men do. Because... Men, when we get together and we stand, like what Chris just said, we stand in righteousness, we stand in truth, and we stand in the Word of God, lives get changed, atmospheres change, destinies are altered, and the kingdom of heaven prevails. So in Psalm 1, this is, I just keep going back to Psalm 1. Has anyone ever heard me quote Psalm 1 before and missed it? I did. Blessed is a man who does not stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers or walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Right there, what are you pursuing? Men are pursuers. We are called to pursue in life. We, we're given this, um, this desire to climb mountains. And, and it, oh, look, I, I have it in me now that our culture is such that if I try and talk about what a man is, I need to apologise that I'm not putting any women down while I'm saying what a man is. No, you don't. That there are some women that want to climb mountains and there are some women that want to discover things and build bridges and all that. that why is it that we have to then put this caveat on things? Men, this is what we want to do. Some men don't. Some men, oh, hey. When I was young, there was a guy in town who was a very effeminate male and worked in a very male-dominant trade area. Every, all the blokes would go in there and no one wanted to be served by him. I just, I liked this guy, but he was really effeminate, the way he walked and wiggled and everything like that. And, and I just thought, this guy is just, he's gay. That's what I thought. He was gay. And um, the way he talked, he was very effeminate. And, and, he, and then I actually... Years later, in another job, went to his property, which is out at... No, sorry, I won't tell you where it is. Beautiful property, generational property, and I met his wife, and she was really butch. And I went, aha! You know, like, we can have effeminate men. We can have butch women. Okay, please don't take that the wrong way. 
We can have masculine females. It does not mean that you are the opposite. It just means that that's who you are. Diversity. It's diversity in that. We have... So, I'm really good at this, aren't I? So, we're meant to be pursuers, men. We, it's important what we pursue in life. Here it says that we are blessed and we are prosperous when we choose not to pursue the counsel of the ungodly. We, we choose not to walk in the way of sinners. We choose not to get the counsel of the ungodly. We actually pursue godly counsel. We pursue the right stand at the crossroads and look and look for where the good way is and walk in it. There you'll find rest for your souls. Men, we are meant to be pursuers, and we're meant to be pursuers of women. They need to know when we're interested that we're after them. I, one woman. One woman. Because honestly, who can handle more than one? Solomon tried, and he went nuts. You know, like Solomon, a Song of Solomon's in um, Song of Songs two. It, it says, you know. It, she talks about, I am a rose, you know, of Sharon, the lily of the valleys that grows in deep places. Um, and then it says, like the lily among the thorns. Have we got this up on the screen? Can you chuck this Song of Songs up? Because it gives a great image of what, the, what a man is here and what a woman is, sort of. I love songs. I got in trouble at school for choosing songs as my scripture you know, that we were given, like, you can choose, it was a Christian school, you can choose your memory verse for the week, and I'd choose one out of songs and get in trouble for it. It's in the Bible. <laughs> but it says, I'm the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys that grows in deep places. But then it says, like the lily among thorns, so are you, my darling. So she's saying that you're a lily as well, but you're, you're a rough one. You men, you know, men are a rough lily. There is a beauty in women and there is a beauty in men. It doesn't mean that we have to go after and desire to be that. We can, choose, we can actually revel in the beauty of how God has made us. And there is a duty to, like there's a beauty, there's a duty for women and there is a duty for men. This is men. We need to be pursuers. And it goes on to say, um, like an apple tree, rare and welcome among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. In his shade I took great delight and sat down, and his fruit was sweet and delicious to my palate. That's talking about the fruit of his life. What type of integrity has he got? What type of character does he have? How does he treat his mother? How does he treat other women? How does he treat his sisters? You know, like, don't just chase after a guy because he's good looking. Luckily, Kylie did. I got her when I was beautiful and young. <laughs> she really lucked out on that one. <laughs> but it says, he brought me to his banqueting place and his banner over me is love. And this is talking about God as well, but it's also a reference to manhood waving overhead to protect and comfort me. I command that you take an oath, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field. And it's talking about, like men, take an oath. Look at the boys around you and it says that you do not arouse or awaken 
love until it she pleases. It's talking about her being a female, that love is a feminine here, until she pleases. Listen, my beloved, behold, he comes, climbing on the mountains, leaping and running on the, on the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall. He is looking through the windows. He's pursuing. He's checking her out. He's, lo- he's noticing, but he's letting his intention. And he says, gazing through the lattice. He's not a peeping Tom. He's gazing through the lattice. Don't do My beloved speaks and says to me, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. This is a beautiful representation of the Father's heart to us, but men, what we are called to be as well. Number one, we're called to be pursuers of what is righteous and what is good. And then it talks about how um, the we will delight in the law of the Lord and who one who meditates on this law in, in Psalm 1, day and night, that person will be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, that whose leaf never withers. Everything he does prospers. Men are called to be protectors and to be called, called to be um, providers in their families. Like if you, this documentary goes into it, but it, Men, we're called to be protectors. We have a natural aggression in us, men, that has been actually taken and, and shown if it's not managed well. And this is what, why we need fathers in our life. And if you don't have a father, you need someone to speak into your life because fathers call out manhood in your life. They say, you're being a child. You need to grow up. You need to, you know, you need to spanking and you need to stand up. I remember going to my dad and saying, this isn't, this isn't fair, this isn't right. And he'd go, rise above it. That's not very kind. That's not very nice. You hurt my heart. He was right. I had to be a man. I had to call out the man in me. He called it out. I had to stand up in the man that I was called to be. Now, men, we're, we're given aggression. We're meant to hide that nowadays. Like It's like a because there's domestic violence and people use it in the wrong way. And why is that? Because they haven't been fathered. Chris, um, what's his name from Bethel? Valaton, he talks about how um, Kruger National Park, where I'm speaking fast because I know we're running out of time and Kylie's got some great things to say. Kruger National Park did a, um, they were just doing um, reproducing elephants and they got too many elephants for it. So they, they moved them out to another park. But they couldn't get the big bull elephants out. They were airlifting them because they were so big. So they just took the young male elephants and put them in this other national park. All of a sudden, the white rhinos are being decimated and, and killed in this, ne- in this park that they're going to. And if you know the, white, uh, the wide rhinos, because white, they're called white, but it's because they've got a wide nose, um, they're not white. <laughs> I have to explain things. Why do I do that? So they couldn't work out why these, uh, these rhino were being killed off. And it was because the young elephants were killing off the rhinos. And they were like, how do we fix this? Well, they, uh, they know, we know that, right, that elephants learn off. The mothers teach the, the younger ones and the fathers teach. So they brought some bull elephants in and the, all of a sudden the, the young rhinos are following the males wanting to learn what it is 
the rite of passage to grow into manhood. It, it's like the rite of passage of men has been taken away now. There is no rite of passage for men anymore. You're not allowed to tell boys to smarten up and fly right because you oh, let them just find their own way. And it's like, no, we need to call out the man of God that is in there. We need to show them how to, how to use their aggression properly. The aggression that we're given is to protect our families, to protect the Word of God. I re- I've bought this knife set, this new knife set in my family. And I've got family members that abuse these knives. And then they go, the knives aren't sharp. And I'm like, well, you, you cut tomatoes and, you know, citric acid with it and then you just leave it on the bench. Do you know what that does to the blade? The metal on the blade, it dulls it straight away. Or they wash it and then leave it sitting up in the drying rack. I go, you, you use it, you wash it, you dry it, you put it back. You know, that's what you do. But then I realised I'm called to be the knife sharpener in the family. As the, as the father... I'm the one who sharpens the knife at 20 degrees. At 20 degrees is a perfect bevel to get the the knife sharp. It's an expert thing to do. And I've got really good at sharpening knives. Why am I talking about knives? Because the Word of God is a sharp two-edged sword. As men of God, we need to keep the Word of God sharp in our families so that when there's conflict, we bring the Word of God in to cut and divide soul from spirit and bring the spirit alive and cut the flesh off things in our life. I'm yelling. This is battleground today. I feel like we're doing battle in the spirit, men, because we need to rise up and be who God's called us to be. We're called to be protectors. We're called to be providers. As fathers, we call out identity. As fathers, we help others not to give in to their fears. Can you throw this um, the photo of Callum and me up on the screen? We found these photos, these rolls of film. This is 35 millimeter film. Some of you don't even know what that is. We found them in a box. And we set them, and this was taken when he's young. I took him to the edge, and he never came back. <laughs> I remember we, Kylie took him into emergency one night and fallen out of a tree. And the guy goes, the, this young doctor goes, well, how did you injure yourself? And Kylie he fell out of a tree. What was he doing up a tree? And Callum went, I was climbing it. And this guy's going, why? That's what boys do. Why would you be climbing a tree? Why, men? Because we need to push the boundaries. Men need to push the boundaries in their life. We need to find out where the boundaries are. Sometimes it scares women. Kylie took this photo. She was not happy with me. (laughs) Not happy. See that look on my face? That's the look of a man in fear. Looking back at her going, I'm here with my son, holding him over the edge, teaching him not to give in to his fears. And she's going, you drop him and you're dead. (laughs) I will push you off. (laughs) Fathers also show us how to pick our battles. This is how I fight my battles. Fathers show us how to pick our battles. No, no, rise above this one. No, stand your ground on this one. They show us what battles to fight and what battles just to, this isn't worth it. Just bring peace into this. Bring bring the sword out. Bring, not to. Swing it around. It's actually there mostly men to use on ourselves. The sword of the Word of God is there to cut flesh off our life because we're the ones that have to die for our families. We are the point man for our families. We are the point man for our community. We are meant to, to go out into dangerous territory and take 
land back from the enemy so people can safely come in. There's a battle going on at the moment and it doesn't want this message to be heard. Also, men, show us how and when to use our aggression. What to use our aggression for and against. It's never against women. It's always for women. I won't go into any more of that. I remember teaching Callum, you never hit girls. And we had to spank him so that he knew what that meant. Because he got my French Cavalier Napoleonic Wars sword and he decided to swing it at Chelsea. And we had to say, that's not good enough, mate. That you don't do it. <laughs> She's still got the scar to prove it. <laughs> On her chin. All right, I'm going to give you an abbreviated version of this story. It's Is this in, all right? Sorry, Kylie's got great stuff It's to in bring. Judges chapter 4. So it's about, it's about Deborah who was, who was a prophet at the time and she was leading Israel. And she got a word of knowledge from God. God spoke to her and said, go and get, go and get Barak because I want him to, to lead an army to defeat the Canaanites because the Canaanites had been oppressing Israel. So, um, if we take it up from, uh, this is Judges chapter 4, verse mm, 6. So, she sent, from, she sent for Barak, son of from there, and she said, The Lord God of Israel commands you, go and take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jamin's army, which was the Canaanite army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and I will give them into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you go, then I will go. But if you don't go, then I won't go. So he, he pretty much said to her, I'm not filling up to the task right now. This is, this is a big deal, and I don't want to do this alone. So her response was, Not you coward. Don't you know that God's spoken to you? You need to rise up, man up, do the job. That wasn't her response. Her response was, <laughs> very well, I'll go with you. And then she said, but because of the way that you're going about this, the honour will not be yours for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman, which she wasn't referring to herself. She was referring to the woman that would then drive the tent peg through the temple of, the, of Sisera. Um, but just just her response to him when he was vulnerable with her, that that is our role as women, that that when the men in our life are vulnerable and need support, that we don't then criticize them and say, you're, you're not doing your job right now, you're not being a man right now, why don't you man up, why don't you stand up, what are you weak? You're a coward. No, no, she said, I will go with you. I will walk with you on this journey. She called out the man of God that God was calling him to be. But then she said, now I will go with you on the journey. And I will remind you every step of the way what God sees in you. And, you know, sometimes as women we think, yes, we see the potential in the men in our life. And we think that when we say that to them, that our job finishes there. But it doesn't finish there because then we, we go on the journey with them. 
and we remind them when they're not feeling up to the task, this is who you are in God. You, you can do this. You have it within you because God has spoken it over you. You have the ability to lead. You have the ability to be victorious. You have the ability to fight. You have the ability to do this thing that God has called you to do. So that's, that's our role as women, to walk alongside our men as they go in to fight for us and to remind them of who they are, not to remind them of every time they fail, not to remind them of every time they falter, not to criticise them when they're vulnerable, but to actually cheer them on, to pray for them and to remind them of the strength that is within them. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. Mm. Done in love. That's it. Yeah. So that's... That's my condensed version of a role of a woman. But, but also <laughs> women, like, they, they carry mankind, humankind, um, in a safe, nurtured environment within their body before we breathe our first breath, before we touch, the, the atmosphere touches us, before our feet hit planet Earth. We are nurtured, um, nourished and protected by women. And that is their role and that is such a beautiful role and it is an equal um, but opposite ro- role. And when we come together, and this is why, isn't it amazing that when um, Adam is presented with Eve, he says, this is woman because she has come out of me. And then he starts prophesying. So then a father, sorry, a, a man will leave his father and his mother, but there was no mother or father before that. He's prophesying into existence because there were no children being born yet. This was the beginning of it all. He starts, so a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become equal. No, the two shall become one. We, we, are, we are equal but opposite. And don't get the wrong idea of equal here because we think that equal means equal in value. No, it, it means we are valuable in our own right regardless of what the other gender is. We're not equal as in, you know, in opposition to one another. We are equal because of what God has proclaimed over our lives, not because, oh, yeah, we've got to measure up to this sort of thing. But the world just wants to take this equality thing and just say, oh, we can do whatever we want with it because equal means you can choose whatever you want to be and it is messing up communities to the point where people can't even explain what a woman is. Watch this documentary. Go home and watch it today. You'll just be like dumbfounded at the deception that's over our planet at the moment and how the the so-called experts have no way of even answering a basic question. What is a woman? A woman is a mother and able to produce children. And what is a a man? He's able to father children. And And can I just say... You don't, you don't have to be a birth mother to be a nurturer. So there's, there's women that have never had children that are amazing nurturers yes. because they, they're amazing aunties. Yes. They're amazing sisters. They're amazing childcare workers. They're amazing women in the lives of those around them. Mm. So you can be a nurturer without ever giving birth to a child because it's just who, who you're made to be. And as women, it's so important that we keep our hearts soft. 
Because if we harden our hearts, that's when we start to criticise, that's when we put up walls, that's when we start attacking the men in our lives and other women as well. So it is so important that we deal with our heart issues because you can't be a nurturer if you've got all your walls up because you're afraid. So, you know, if, if we as women have ever been injured emotionally, it is so important that we take that to God and allow him to heal us because we, we can't be who he's called us to be if we've got hard hearts. Mm. So, we, you know, when the, the word of God says more than once, keep your heart soft, mm. keep your heart soft because then you can love and nurture the way that God has called you to. And that, that's why men, with a, with a strong buck, mm. you know, the stag that, that brings her to a banqueting table, we provide for her and we put a banner over her life of love that, that comforts and protects her, that she then her heart is soft. You know, and, and when the two become one, that is spiritual warfare right there. This, there's mm. something about when the two become one that um, the enemy hates because it is God being manifested here on the earth, procreation taking place. It is just so astounding that God is so good. <laughs> oh, Paul, you last week on identity, you had... Um, just before I say that, um, a lot of you would have heard about Costa Semenya. Costa Semenya was a Olympic, um, a, a woman Olympic athlete that ran for South Africa. Uh, two-time gold medalist, and um, she, in the 2018 Olympics, she was actually told that they will not award her her gold medal because she's got raised testosterone levels, which then meant she's outside of the, the, the spec of what level should be. So it was actually taken away from her. And when she got back to South Africa, um, you know, there was all these media events that happened and, and the Minister of Sport at that stage got asked um, what he thought about this whole ordeal. And they said to him, what do you think about Costa Semenya? He said, hey, he's a woman. He's a woman. And you're like, so you're saying he's a woman? Yes, he's a woman. He says, would you marry this woman? No, no, he's not that kind of woman. <laughs> anyway. Um, So, we're not at breakfast. Um, one of the things that, I, that we've seen in our journey in life is when you really start realizing who God's made you to be, there are all kinds of attacks that keep coming. So, I almost want to say this morning that if you don't know who you are, then you're actually probably safe because the enemy doesn't see you as a threat at all. Because if you don't know who you are, why would he even bother making your life difficult? But the moment you know who you are, the enemy starts firing these arrows that we were speaking about last week. Start firing these arrows because every time you wake up, he's like, oh, no, he's awake or she's awake. And, and we actually need to keep this guy out of, out of contention. Um, because we grew up in a very traditional church, we always thought that if things keep going wrong... It must be something that we're doing wrong. It must be something because we were under law back then. You know, you, you, you're doing something wrong, so, so God can't bless you. And that was not the case. It was because we were starting to realize who we are 
that the enemy didn't want us to, to, to succeed in life and things. So I actually want to speak to that identity thing this morning, and, and which is what, yeah, I wanted to say something about this last week already, but um, your identity lies in who Christ says you are. And if the enemy starts attacking that, you're at a great place. You're at a great place when you start getting under attacks because it means that you're actually doing something right, not doing something wrong. Um, and we've seen the toughest battles that we've had in our life is right before we actually step into the, the breakthrough that God's got for us. So if you're at this stage facing all kinds of battles and things, there's breakthrough coming. And that's what I wanted to say this morning. There's breakthrough coming. Just persist and speak who you are. Live who you are because that's a call in your life. It's not just something that God just, just meagerly says over you. It's actually he's calling you to be who you are. Because he knows that when you step into that next thing, the enemy can't hold you back. Amen. So true. Like Israel's biggest battles were right before their biggest breakthroughs. Their biggest battles were always before their biggest breakthroughs. Is this okay, guys? Did you receive that this morning? Please re receive it in the spirit that it was meant in freedom. This is for freedom. It's not for condemnation. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. That means that we can't even have condemnation. If you're thinking, well, what's going wrong with the world? And so many people are saying at the moment, oh, the next generation, oh, they've got it so tough. How are they going to? Do you know what? There are young men and women right at the moment that God's filling with His Spirit to be able to handle the opposition that the world's trying to throw at them at the moment. And they are going to be leaders in the communities. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> you can pray, otherwise I'll just go too long. Thank you, Father, for identity. Thank you that you are the giver of our identity. You formed us in our mother's womb with a purpose and with, with an identity. You created each one of us the way we are for a reason. Lord, I pray for the spirit of revelation to reveal to each heart this morning your purpose and your identity for them, Lord. And we pray that the eyes of, that the lies of the enemy will be torn down right now in the name of Jesus and that truth will be revealed. We thank you, Lord, for absolute truth. We are so grateful for your absolute truth. It is the rock upon which we build our lives. And we thank you, Jesus. You are the rock upon which we build our lives. You are the way. You are the truth. You are our life. And we thank you, Jesus. And we declare your Lordship over every life here this morning. We declare that you are Lord. You are King. You are Lord. You are King. And we submit our lives to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.